0: Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I am here with George Mays.
1: Good morning, George. Good morning. How's it going? It's going well. Awesome. Yeah, going well. Good stuff. Mowed my yard last night. Yeah. Had a headache the rest of the evening. Yeah. It was it was pretty rough. After all that rain going out there. And yeah. The uh, I needed a machete. Yeah.
0: We had a a ridiculous amount of rain recently yeah. and the mosquitoes are
1: crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, mosquitoes don't bother me too much. Do they bother you? Yes. They do. Do they attack you? Mhm. They attack my wife. Yeah. They don't uh They don't really come at me very much.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Hm.
1: Interesting, George. Do you want to devote an entire podcast to it?
0: Yeah. Well, it is uh what is today? It's not text-driven Tuesday. It is free for all Friday. It is. Got my days off. Did you? Because well. it is earlier in the week. We're recording this free for all. And I didn't think we were gonna have to address this issue, but it
1: just will not go away. Well, everyone's addressing it. I mean it's
0: it will not it's like the new, thing.
1: Newsweek Newsweek oh, has man. addressed it. I mean it's even the uh, even the secular news outlets are are covering it. I, I didn't I didn't really want to have to talk about it. This thing started I, fi- I figure it would
0: probably be helpful though. Did this start 2 weeks ago and it's still going or was it a week ago? 2 weeks ago? Yeah. Oh goodness. I think it's been longer than that. When the first video dropped of the, Oh yeah. I think I think it's been longer than that. It just keeps okay, now it just keeps going. So we're talking today
1: about uh this ple- came out right, when was the when was the convention? I don't Three know. 3 weeks ago? I don't know. Yeah, it came out right after. It came out right after. Yeah. Uh,
0: It's about plagiarism. Mm -hmm. Plagiarism in the pulpit. right? Uh, So Ed Litton's videos came out. Ed Litton's the president, the new president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And then right... It was after it was over, uh, a video came out of him. I think it's titled, Borrowing or Plagiarism? And it's him preaching J.D. Greer's sermon. Like... It appears to be word for word nearly... Right, right. So the whole outline, same illustrations. We'll play a clip of it. Oh yeah, and I just to give an
1: example <laughs> of what we're talking about. Yeah, and um, like you said, it it doesn't go away. It just keeps getting worse. Yeah, it keeps getting worse because it's not, and we'll 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 talk about this. Um, it, it's not just one sermon, right? Now
0: he. Before I show it, we'll just say uh, J D Greer did write a thing and said, Hey, Ed Litton contacted me a number of years ago, I guess, and said, Hey, I liked your Romans sermons. They were really good. Can I could I use your ser- the way you outlined the book of Romans? Could I use that and kind of break my sermons down around the same outline and then maybe use a couple of these points that you made in the uh, it was like the Romans chapter one sermon that he did on sexual sin. Remember that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so but it, it's more than that. Obviously, as we'll see, I'll show the clip. Should I show the clip now? Yeah, just so people can get an idea. Oh yeah, of what we're if talking no, about. If no one's seen it yet, I'm not going to play all seven minutes of it. Okay, but I'll play a little. All right. Now, what's crazy? Has there been like two or three more of these videos
1: come out? Uh, so you're showing Romans one. Yeah, there's been one on, um, Romans eight. Romans 13, Romans 14 uh just came out yesterday. Acts 4, I believe. That one was from 2015. Yeah, so we're talking a lot. So the one from 20 this has been going on for a long time apparently. And um you know Newsweek put out their article last week. Actually I, actually it was it was a week before. Yeah, it was it was a week before. Um they uh they put out an article saying that Ed Litton's church has deleted or hidden 140 sermons, 143, mm. I wow. believe. Um, why would they hide so many sermons, Jay? Yeah. I g. I I wonder. <laughs> could, it could, be, it be? Could, it could it be? Could it be because the world is watching? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, that's what's been so frustrating about this whole thing is, is they constantly were chastising people on our end of the spectrum who were against CRT and, and against Ed Litton having his wife, um, you know, preach sermons with him and, and all of this, all of this other stuff that they kept chastising us saying the world is watching. And they keep saying we need more transparency. We need, you know, we need to be showing the world, you know, what what Christians look like. And this is the exact opposite of all of that, because the world is watching this. Um, secular news are are reporting on this, and you've got the president of the SBC caught in plagiarism. He gives a. Pretty weak apology for one for one sermon, right? No. Like he like he only apologized <clears throat> for that one sermon. Right. And then it comes out that there's a bunch of them and his church hides right. 143 sermons. That is the exact opposite of everything that they're chastising. And the issue with it all is, okay, let's say
0: it could have been different. He could have said, "Okay, you know what, guys, I called JD Greer. He did a great job with Romans, mm-hmm. so I'm going to preach JD Greer's Romans <laughs> se- yeah. uh, series." Uh-huh. That would have made it all different, but he doesn't. He passes.
1: He passes everything off. We'd this. be having a different conversation. It would still be yeah. a conversation we'd be having, but right. it'd be a different one. Yeah.
0: Instead, but he's passing this all off as if it it's own. <sighs> yeah even even like illustrations there's one illustration it's i don't think it's in this clip that i'm going to show but it's an illustration of jd greer uh going through uh driving school Uh and he so he tells the illustration from his like this happened to me in driving school you know whatever and then ed lytton tells the same story as if it's him
1: the romans 13 clip um ed lytton tells the same joke yeah. It was bad when you hear JD Greer do it, but it's <laughs> then Ed Litton does it, even worse. Yeah. <laughs> and that's <laughs> I think you'll see it in the clip. JD Greer at least has good presentation. Yeah. Ed Litton obviously reading a script. <clears throat> yeah. I mean JD Greer at least can pass the he's he's got the, like the cool test,
0: right? Uh-huh. And he and I and, I, and I, he's a good preacher. I mean, he he uh, will Expose the text. Now, we'd take issue with what he did with that part of Romans, <clears throat> right? Which maybe we could do a whole thing on. I think I, we did. I, I, we may have in the past because I, I think he did everything he could to escape the, <laughs> right. the escalation of yes. what's building there and what oh, it yeah. means. But for the most part, like he's a, he's a good preacher. He's got good delivery. He uh, will appeal to the mind and he will seek to affect the heart, right? and he calls people to follow Christ. So he falls into that category.
1: Now, it has been brought to our attention that J.D. Greer might not be doing his own work. Yeah, we can talk
0: about that in a second. Okay. But I guess what I'm saying is, when you get to Ed Litton, what, what you come to is it looks like you've got a uh, an older guy
1: trying to be cool. <laughs> yes. And it never comes Definitely. across that way, right? I mean, even even the setup... Yeah. of his st- of his stage yeah, 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 I yeah, don't know yeah, what yeah, his yeah, church yeah. service looks like but uh I, yeah I imagine so
0: I can't I don't know if we can see his feet but I wouldn't be surprised if he's wearing bands that would make it even worse so let's check this okay. clip out you ready here we go
2: Give you a warning here that this might be the toughest week that we will have in the book of Romans. Romans 1, the end of it is tied in difficulty only with Romans 5, Romans 9, and Romans 11. This may be one of the toughest passages we face in the book of Romans. This is Ed Litton. This is the steep climb I talked about. So in fact, let's just sort of loosen things up right now. Everybody turn right now to your neighbor, look them in the eyes. If you know them, if you know them put your hand on their shoulder and say, this is gonna be a really tough week for you, okay? <laughs> and tell them, say, I'm praying for you to have the faith and humility to receive this word. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now. And I, I want you to say, I know this sermon is going to be really tough for you, but I'm here praying that you will listen and obey whatever God says. Go ahead, do that right now. But y'all, we believe that God's word is good, do we not? You see, we believe that God's word is good. Some He's reading that. Overseas, I'll, I'll go into these temples that are <laughs> in really a that? foreign God. I remember being in one of them um, a, a while ago over in uh, somewhere um, uh, in Asia. And Paul David Tripp is a favorite pastor of mine to read. He's a pastor in Philadelphia. Uh, he was on a mission trip to Nepal and he went, he was taken by a missionary into a temple. And There was, uh, I go in this temple, it's this gigantic, I mean, beautiful temple. And right in the middle of it is uh, about a 25 foot statue of a, a goddess who has multiple breasts and, and multiple arms. And, you- and he said, and I, I will not go into details, but... He does explain it, uh, that there was an idol in the center of this temple. He said it was one of the most grotesque things he's ever seen. Watch these worshipers come in and they would prostrate themselves before this statue. And many of them were very emotional. Many had traveled a lot of miles to get uh, to this. Um, very poor, some of them, and taking the little money they had and pouring it out and offering before this statue of this God. Our- but what really turned his stomach wasn't the shape of the idol. It was how people were bowing down to it, kissing it, putting money on it. He met I'm a family that a had walked bit. for four months. The earth doesn't have the power of light and it doesn't have the power of gravitational force to hold this solar system in existence. Oh, Sexual disorder, that was the first thing, verses 26 and 27. Now we've got economic disorder. There's, there's economic disorder. Look at verse 29. Got social disorder. The- he says there's social disorder. Social disorder, just think Facebook. Uh- and that's just on Facebook. Look- uh, then you got spiritual disorder. There's spiritual disorder there. You could think of that as family disorder. You and there's family disorder, they disobey their parents. You see, there are three ways I see us really going wrong with this in the church at large. I'm gonna tell you three ways I think we've gone wrong. Number one, and one, we believe that God doesn't really care about this. First one is that we don't think God cares about this issue. We make the gospel message is not let the gay become straight. The gospel message is let the dead become alive. And the gospel message is not let the gay get straight. The gospel message is let the dead come to life, which leads me to the second way that I see us going wrong here. Number two, we think it's the worst sin. Here's the second thing I think we do, we go wrong, and that is thinking homosexuality is the worst of all sins. Jen Wilkin, who's one of our favorite Bible teachers here and who's actually leading our women's conference. She said, said, we ought to whisper about what the Bible whispers about and we ought to shout about what it shouts about. And the Bible appears more to whisper when it comes to sexual sin compared to its shouts about materialism and religious pride. In the Bible, sexual sin is whispered compared to the shout God makes about greed and judgmentalism. Throughout Jesus's ministry in his life, we see him demonstrating great, just incredible sympathy for those caught in sexual sin and great animosity toward the religiously proud. Jesus forgave prostitutes, but he was harsh with religious materialists. In fact, Jesus one time, not one time ever said that it was difficult for the same sex attracted to go to heaven. He did say it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle I have a needle than it was for a religiously proud or materialistically successful person to enter into the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, he said it will be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one of these.
1: All right, I think that's enough of a sample. I, I, I mean, I think that it's and you, again, this is not just one instance. Nope, there are other sermons. Yeah, and um, apparently going back to. 2015 in the Acts. Sermons. Yeah, there is there's evidence that he was copying J.D. Greer as early as 2015. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Peters put out a video um, last week, and he said that that he personally is in possession of at least 30 sermons from the Roman series, and um, he said he's not going to be the one that that you know mashes them up and exposes <laughs> exposes this but someone is wow and so we can expect probably to see this these kind of videos <laughs> for the foreseeable future man uh and see, that's and it's not just that either
0: right there's uh um, he passed off uh, it seems he this is just a pattern of things he does yeah right he said uh, like he's the pro, and that's the problem. He's passing this up as his ideas. Like he said in this sermon, let me tell you three ways I think we go wrong. Uh, right. And, right. And they're JD Greer's Yeah um kind of application. Uh, even even
1: JD Greer's story about the um going into the temple in uh, Southeast Asia mm-hmm. is a mashup of Paul David Tripp, mm-hmm. which Ed Litton at least cites right. him. Yeah. J.D. Greer, when he was confronted with that, said, "Well, you know, I I have had these experiences, and other missionaries have, and so I I didn't feel like it was wrong to just kind of right conflate these uh-huh. these stories." Yeah. What's the Maybe month? at least say at least say, you know, uh, Paul David Tripp in his in his book, uh what is it, Morning Devotionals, I think. Yeah, and it, and it uh, he he expressed this. I know other missionaries who have expressed this. So it's a common experience of and then go into. Yeah, uh, and I had the similar experience. Right. Yeah. Instead of this is my mm-hmm. my <laughs> my experience alone. Yeah, um and then, then there
0: was the uh, a little phrase, a little catchy phrase. Um, Jesus is not my crutch. Jesus is my iron lung.
1: Yeah, he he said that uh, just a week ago in, in the a, sermon. In a sermon, yeah. After he already got caught
0: plagiarizing, <laughs> that's what's crazy, right? He released a state. Then he released a statement on plagiarism. Um, and then Sunday he preached that sermon. Yeah, and he and he said that phrase. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not my crutch. Jesus is my iron lung. Right. And that he and he didn't come up with that. It came it comes from a book, right? Yeah. Um, I don't remember who.
1: What book uh, it is. It's I. I can't remember the the name of the book. Yeah. It's, it's a some. It's, it's from a, a. It's from a book.
0: Yeah. The, uh, it was. A, it was a lady. Um, she wrote this book. It's her. It's her thing. She came up with that phrase. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it just appears to be just just a pattern. <clears throat> yeah. Big. So it's a big problem because. Again, it's a circle the wagons type of thing. Oh yeah, where uh, the institutionalism of the SBC is t- just takes precedence over everything. We say we're gospel above all, but in reality, we're not like the, Like the, the SBC is SBC above all, institution mm-hmm. above all. Protect the institution um, and circle the wagons around everybody that's in the in the uh, inner circle. Which Litten's now in the inner circle because he's the president. Right, And so people that we all look to and we say these, or used to look to, and we could say these people um, are the leaders of the SBC and they have some type of integrity, they won't come out and say, hey, this is bad, man. This is really bad, and maybe you should resign.
1: Right. So he put out his apology. He, he admitted that he had permission— to use J.D. Greer's points. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's here's just a sampling. Okay, All right. uh, Danny Aiken, mm. president of Southeastern. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate your humility, transparency, and integrity. Grateful for you. Now, I'm assuming that he tweeted that before the church right. uh, hid 143 sermons. Mm-hmm. Uh... Keith Whitfield, I'm thankful for this response from Ed Litton. He is a humble man with integrity and values, transparency and truth. It's unfortunate that there are those in the SBC who spend their time spinning half-truths to attack and tear down. I, I don't know where the half-truth is. Right. Uh, James Merritt, who was uh, what the chairman of the um, resolutions right. committee. Yeah. Ed Litton is a man of humility, honesty, and absolute integrity. He is exactly God's man for the hour to lead Southern Baptists, and thank God he is the one that was elected to lead us. Ignore the ants at the picnic. <laughs> he calls everybody ants. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, I find this one to be worse, the, the worst one, Malcolm Yarnell. He is a systematic theology professor down at Southwestern. Okay. He's retweeting his wife. His wife said, this is theology and community. When did our church culture decide we have to be Lone Rangers? Thank you for your commitment to preach God's word and show his love. And Malcolm Yarnell retweeted this and said, My wife said something very important about theology here in response to Ed Litton, something that has been increasingly lost in Baptist life, something that must be regained right do you think that what ed Litton is doing is uh, something that needs to be regained in southern baptist life Jay? definitely not i would
0: say ed Litton is not even preaching we'll talk about so that's what we'll do i think all right the rest so of how do podcast. we
1: how do we respond to this this notion that it's theology in community uh, uh, i mean i've got some thoughts i i didn't know what uh if you've if you've thought about this any uh, no, do I haven't we, spent that much time thinking about it. I've kind of just thought about it as
0: uh, why do people think Ed Litton is preaching when he's not? He's clearly acting. Yeah. And t- thinking about what preaching is, and hey, then also, hold, hold and, on to that.
1: I've got, I've got a, I've got another tweet to
0: read for you. All right. Okay. And then thinking about the uh, just the major integrity problem that it is to say things like, "Let me tell you three ways I think we've gone wrong." <laughs> Right. Like you didn't, you didn't come up with that. Like yeah. you didn't,
1: and that's a problem. We'll talk about and then the preaching. Three, and then the three points are, are Ex- shady theology. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you didn't sit down, pray,
0: go through the scriptures, uh, yeah, and and uh, apply mm-hmm. what you are what you are learning and reading, and what God is pressing on your heart. You know, and then bring that to your people as points of application for your people. You didn't do right. that.
1: Yeah, so I was thinking about this uh you know doing theology in community, which we we ought to do theology in community, right? We are not lone rangers. So, I mean, how often do you and I discuss the sermons that we're we're preaching in our our preparation? A lot. We talk about it mm-hmm. and bounce ideas around. Um we consult commentaries. Um we we do consult people who have Done, done. Research and study in in these passages. Um, where I, I mean, I, I often tell people if if your interpretation of this passage is new, one hundred percent is wrong. Right. Like we're we're not we're not to be innovative. Right. Um, so when you hear sermons that are accurately. Um, interpreting and applying the text, yeah, you're going to hear some of the same stuff, because the text has a meaning, it has one meaning, and if you hear me preach a sermon on a particular passage, and then you know, years down the line you preach the same passage, they should sound similar, right, in their their points, the, right? in the in the in how this text. What this text means, how we can apply it rightly to right. our lives, that that should come out. The problem is that's not what we're that's not what we're talking about here with Ed Litton. No. What we're talking about is not they sound similar in in their interpretation. The problem is they sound identical in their presentation. Yes. Yeah. Like they're 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 saying the same things. Exactly. He's the same fo- he's following the same lines. We believe He's got his notes. We believe God is good, right? Right, right. <laughs> like he's, yeah, touch, like, you so, touch to, your neighbor and say, yeah, uh, this, talk, yeah, to speak to your neighbor, tell him this is going to be difficult for you. I'm praying for you. Like, the it's so disingenuous. It is. It's, <laughs> it's so it's fake. Really this bad. is not. This is not. I agree. We should do theology and community. Mm-hmm. We we are not. We're standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Right. I mean that's. I don't even know who said that. That that goes back thousands of years. Yeah, and maybe uh, maybe Augustine said that. We we are doing we are doing theology and community. We yes, are yeah. we are not the first people to come to this text, um, and so we should go to others and see: Am I on the right track here? Because am I am I totally off base? And the, and the the text has objective meaning, right?
0: right? It has it has objective truth. Yeah. And so the reason it, uh, if someone is doing expository preaching, it's going to sound the same, is because the purpose of an expository sermon is to have the, the main points of your sermon follow the main points right. of what God revealed. And so maybe a good point to talk about that at this time as we kind of talk about what preaching is, uh, in particular, and how it's done, how we do it. So one thing that I thought about as we were talking about this uh, point as to why some sermons, sermons should sound the same in some ways is this book here, Between Two Worlds. See this? It's a great book. I see it. It's an awesome book. I love it. So kind of the the whole way he sets this book up is he says, the preacher stands between two worlds. There's the, the ancient world, which the text was given yeah. through the Holy Spirit, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to a particular people at a particular time, right? It has a meaning. The text cannot mean something it never meant, so it means something then in that ancient world. Then there's the modern world in which we live, or there was the world in which Spurgeon le- lived, which is in our world. Right. And so all through time, you know, 100 years from now, somebody else will be in a different world than we are. And whenever in time that takes place, the preacher stands between two worlds, and he's got his hands in both places, and he acts like a bridge And his job is to extract the objective meaning from the passage and then translate that truth into the world in which he
1: lives. Right. So interpreting what the passage means in its Mm -hmm. original context and then applying those truths to our situation. Right. So, um, for instance, where... um, Paul tells tells Timothy to to flee from um, sexual sin mm-hmm. um, that has a very clear meaning right right um, but we would bring that over and apply it and bring out guys, you need to do everything you can to Flee from pornography, mm-hmm. from internet pornography. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that's not an application that Paul would have made when he wrote that because they didn't have internet, right? Right. Um, but we're applying those truths to our world, right? In a way that is applicable to the people that are sitting in the pews. Yeah, and so this is one way
0: that I think in that particular sermon uh, where the, we heard it in the clip. The Bible whispers about sexual sin in comparison to other mm-hmm. sins. Right. Like, what he's doing, and here's the problem. And he, I don't think maybe he realized at the time. In an effort, I think, <clears throat> to want to reach people in the world, which is a, a noble effort. We, that's our, everyone's goal. Somehow the zeitgeist or the spirit of the age, which Stott talks about here, I actually have the earmarked because I think it's a perfect example, can take hold of a preacher, and he can think. I need to translate this truth into a way that is more palatable mm-hmm. to my world, right. that my age. Yeah. Right. And so instead of explicitly saying what the Bible says about homosexuality, it's qualified and nuanced and, you know, saying, hey, it's just like everything else. Like, <laughs> hey, right. you, some of you that have greed, yeah. well, that's the same thing as, you know, as homosexuality. Kind of ignoring the cult the way Romans one is. Romans 1 is spiraling, right? Mm -hmm. The sins are escalating. Right. Um, And kind of ignoring that, that's a problem. So here's what Stott says. He warns against it. He calls it being a populist. So in order to avoid the snare of being a populist or a modern false prophet, the type of bridge to be built must be determined more by the biblical revelation than by the zeitgeist or the spirit of the age. The church's calling is to challenge secularism, not surrender to it. And that's, that's a place where a lot of preachers, it's a common error. Mm-hmm. They think the Bible needs to be uh, reinterpreted in a way that will be uh, more acceptable to the current trend or mm-hmm. the trajectory of the way the world is going. Yeah. And that's that's not what we're to do. Right. We're to simply, you act as a conduit, ancient world, our world, we got a hand in each. The truth of the Bible comes through. Whatever God does with it in this world, He does. Yeah. It's not our place to
1: But the meaning doesn't change.
0: But the application can, like you brought out. Mm. The internet didn't exist in Paul's day. Right. So we kinda we are here to bring that into ways that, you know, can apply right. that couldn't even in that in that time.
1: And that kind of gets to one of the, the issues of not just the plagiarism, but preaching someone else's sermon. Mm-hmm. So even if Ed Litton had permission from JD Greer to preach the sermon, he, he still shouldn't have. Right. Um, um, I often think of, uh, first Peter chapter five, verse one, uh, verses one and two where, where Peter is now addressing elders. Mm -hmm. And so he says, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you're, your task as an elder, a pastor, is to shepherd the people that are actually in the pews. Yes. Um, so we live stream mm-hmm. our our services. Yeah. Um, but we have been unapologetically clear that that is not a replacement for actually being in the pews, yep. for actually being here. That that um, internet church is not church. Yeah. You're you're watching something. You're you, but you're not participating in it. Yes. And so when I'm preaching, I'm not preaching to the people that are watching online.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: you're mi- you're you're going to be missing something. There there is an atmosphere right, right in right. the room. Um, I'm preaching to the people that are are here. Yeah. And I'm preaching to my congregation. I'm preaching to my church. I'm not wow. preaching to someone else's church. And so when someone like Ed Litton is is let, let's just give him the benefit of the doubt and say he did have permission from JD Greer to preach JD Greer's sermons mm-hmm. on Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, JD Greer is supposed to be preaching to his church, which there's a problem. There's multiple campuses, right? Um, it's being streamed everywhere, right? Um, but he's supposed to be preaching to his church, which requires that he know his people. Mm-hmm. We could start talking about mega churches, but <laughs> maybe we'll. Will avoid too many rabbit trails. Um, he's supposed to know his people and be able to, like you said, bridge bridge the worlds um, and apply it to his people. Um, Ed Litton, if he's if he's preaching JD Greer's sermon, that's supposed to be to to Summit Church, to Redemption Church, it's not going to be the same if like, no. you don't have the same people, right? Um, and so there's something there's something missing there. Um, you're not you're not shepherding the the sheep that are among you yeah you're shepherding um, you' you're just being a performer like you said you're just being yeah. a performer and I He's, like this uh, I like this tweet that uh, Parker one of our elders sent me yesterday this is a tweet Post from Don Green. I'm not sure I don't if Don know Green who is. is. He said, I have a small favor to ask from the seminaries of the Southern Baptist Convention if they continue to support Ed Litton in his plagiarism scandal. Could you at least change the name of your institution from theological seminary to school of the performing arts?
0: Dang, that's that's rough. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. That that makes Because that's exactly what Ed Litton is doing. And and all you gotta do is watch him. Yeah. He's he is not He's not preaching. He's not preaching. He's reading. He's reading the notes from someone else. Right. I mean, if you got to look down, we believe that the Bible is good, right? <laughs> like, you should, like, what you're reading that you're reading that. Do you have any conviction? Right. You're just you're just going through the motions. And that 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 kind of brings us to what preaching is the the whole acting thing,
0: right? right. Um, Lloyd Jones has famously said, "What is preaching?" Preaching is logic on fire. Right. And then he goes on to say, Preaching is logic coming through a man who is on fire. How does a man get on fire? Yeah. Well, it comes from studying God's Word and praying. I think it was Alistair, Brett, Alistair Beck, he said something to the effect of, Read yourself full, write yourself empty, pray yourself hot. Hmm. Right? That's kind of the preaching process that I go through. Yeah. Yeah. I read, 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 read myself full. Write myself empty. Pray myself hot. Get into the pulpit and let it and let it go. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's pre- preaching is not a lecture, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I think uh, who is it? Um, Steve Lawson. He famously has said. Um it's it's not a lecture like and that's the problem in a lot of reform
1: preaching. this is kind Did of his, you have to really you had to really dig for the name just I could to see, say, just to say that I could see him in my mind because <laughs> this is kind I was of, waiting I was waiting for like this this just explosive quote, no, no, preaching is not a lecture. It's
0: not well he's got this whole thing right? It's yeah. like uh, and he's like, this is my problem my problem with reformed preachers and he's a reformed preacher is that just lecturers? And he's like, I can't stand it. Preaching is not a lecture, right. It's not something you could go get in an academic classroom. Yeah. Right? It's more than a lecture. Nor is it just um, what I think Lloyd-Jones would call pulpiteering. Mm-hmm. That's his term. Right. I, I don't remember what uh, Lawson's is. It's just... And you know that kind of preaching. It's just a guy going off for 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. He's talking about all kinds of things. It may it may have started in the text, but it became something else. Yeah, It's like a performance, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. It's... It, it, well, it, you
1: see, you see that in like the IFB mm-hmm. community. I'm right. sure not all, all IFB churches, but you know what I'm talking about, yeah. like the guy that gets up there and it's he just starts screaming, right? Right? And yeah. he's, his whole mannerisms, his whole um, demeanor, his uh, the tone of his voice. He's putting on a show, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that. Uh, that also is not preaching.
0: Yeah, so so preaching is it it explains the text, but it's explaining the text in a in a way that uh, is engaging the people's mind and their emotions mm-hmm. and will and their heart. Right, and that only comes can truly come uh, when the preacher himself has encountered God. Right through the week, mm-hmm. the preacher encounters God through the week, and it creates that fire that Louis Jones talks about. Yeah. And then what he brings to the church, uh, the aim. Uh, this book is Preaching and Preachers where Lloyd-Jones talks about that, is to give people an encounter with God. That's what he says. The preacher is to give the people, the men and women, a sense of God and his presence through preaching the word, right? Yeah. That can't come when you're acting. When you're acting someone else's script that they've written already for you, you cannot give people a sense of God's presence through his word. And that's why I say... Ed Litton is not preaching when he does any of this,
1: right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm looking for it in Ezekiel. I, I can't remember where it is. Uh, oh, here it is. It's, um, so it's, it's God is, is, um, commissioning Ezekiel mm-hmm. to go. And, um, he uh it's it's Ezekiel chapter three. He 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 says to me, This is Ezekiel talking, he says, Son of man, eat whatever you find here, eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me this scroll to eat, and he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it, and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. He goes on to say I'm who who he's sending him to, he's sending him to an obstinate people. Mm-hmm. But I like this um here verse uh, verse 10 he says moreover he said to me son of man all my words that I shall speak to you receive in your heart and hear with your ears mm-hmm. and then verse 11 says and go to the exiles your people and speak to them mm-hmm. so Ezekiel is supposed to do what first he's got to receive it yeah like it's got to be in his heart he's got to hear it and he's got to he has to internalize it and then he can go and speak to the other people. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. the message first is for the pastor and then it's for the people. We see this with Isaiah in Isaiah chapter six. Mm-hmm. Isaiah he sees the vision of 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 uh the Son of God sitting on his throne and he says Woe is me, I'm I'm undone, for I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips and I've seen the Lord of hosts. Right before he can before he can go as a prophet, he first has to be confronted with his own sin, and he has to be confronted with the holiness of God, and he has to experience, um, the he has to experience the reality of the message first, yeah, and then he goes. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're using someone else's sermon, you're not you're not going to have that experience, right? Yeah. Now right. it's it's come it's come out that it appears there's. That JD Greer is using a um what, like a sermon help service? Is that what you would call it? It's like a research.
0: I clicked on the link. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: like I, a, I, I clicked on it. They no. they have scrubbed all the testimonials. That have they really? Yeah. Because um, they don't, want, they don't what, want people to do, know. Docent? Is, do, that, docent. is that how yeah. you would how that, you would say it? I
0: think they recruit seminary graduates they do. To, to do
1: all this research. So they do research for books, for for you know, papers, position papers. They'll help a church George, to put, wait, George. What <laughs> are you telling me? I read like a hundred books for my dissertation for no reason. I I guess so. You could have just used docent to do your research for you. <laughs> are you shook? <laughs> no, I no, I would I would never do that, dude. Um, I would never they'll do that, help dude. churches to to um, you know craft their uh, their you know their doctrinal statement. And apparently, they will help you do research and sermon prep for you. Yeah. And um, the internet is forever, right? (laughs) Yeah. And so there has been uh, his uh, J.D. Greer has a testimonial on this page. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. (laughs) Uh, Let me read this. He says, Docent has been a humongous help to me, saving me literally hours each week and improving the quality of my preaching dramatically. These guys are the real deal. I give them assignments and questions on everything from interpretation to cultural analysis to illustration, and they get me thorough answers always on time. They're outstanding scholars and really get my job as a communicator. I often have people remark to me, how many hours did you spend on that sermon? Where did you get time to do all that research? Ha! Thanks, guys, for making me look so good. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, Yikes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is like, uh, this is like Ed Litton. Um, He, (laughs) he was actually interviewed. He was interviewed, um, by Sermonary. Uh, yeah, I guess it's another one of those things. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the title of the video is Healthy Sermon Preparation <laughs> Interview with Ed Litton. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> and in it, he says, I used to lie about how much time I spent in my sermon preparation. Yeah. And he laughs about it. Mm. Like he, he used to tell people, I spent all this time doing my sermon prep. <laughs> Maybe he was using Docent, too. Maybe. And and the people at Docent, they're like, well, we sent it to J.D. Greer, and it was good, so we'll send it to Ed Litton, too. (laughs) Every day, every day, we're just going down the rabbit hole, (laughs) and it just gets worse. Yeah, it's rough. It just gets worse. But if you're using something like this for your interpretation, for your illustrations— you're not you're not doing what God told Ezekiel to do. You got to take it into your heart. You have to hear it with your ears, and then you go. Um, they're not doing it. They're not doing the work. You, they've got these guys who are being paid to do all this research and put together a product for them and give it to them, and um, it makes them look good. Mm-hmm. He's he's absolutely right. JD Greer Summit Church is a mega church. It's got multiple campuses. He was the president of the SBC. You don't get there by being a, you know, a local bivocational pastor. Right. Right? You get there because you've got a mega church and you give all this money to the cooperative program and you've written books and you've done, you know, conferences, speaking engagements. How much of that is actually JD Greer? Mm. It's it's discouraging yeah. <laughs> it's discouraging i read a list of the people that they they captured testimonials from really from docent and it's it's discouraging who yeah. is it uh tim keller's on there oh. matt chandler is on there um give me a second i'll see if i can remember some other people big names mm. wow yep uh craig rochelle life church that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. They do at the movies. Do you see the the Star Wars props outside of the life church uh-huh. just up the street? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The movies,
0: the the weekend at the movies uh-huh. or whatever that's going on this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We are having one too. Are we having one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Paranormal activity part two.
1: Okay. Oh man. Continue
0: <laughs> continuing in that that section of Ephesians. Yeah. Uh, man, um, uh, I bet John MacArthur wasn't on that docent list.
1: No, go out <laughs> I did not on, see John MacArthur on there. i go out
0: on a limb. <laughs> He's been preparing his sermons the same way for 50 years. Yeah. Is that wild? It is wild. He, uh, so he, he researches and reads and then he handwrites everything out mm-hmm. with a fountain pen. He's done it the same way for 50 years. He also. Oh,
1: Driscoll. Mark Driscoll's on here.
0: That's no, not a surprise.
1: He's, I wonder yeah. if they gave him the "How dare you"? Hey, he's actually just reading what? something. We we've he's got, he's gotten a bad rap for yelling at people. Maybe it was just Docent telling him to. Yeah, maybe.
0: There's a, there's a podcast out called uh, "Who Killed Mars Hill." You should check it out. Oh yeah, it's very interesting. Okay. Yeah, it goes through kind of the rise and fall of that. Yeah. So John MacArthur not not didn't been doing it the same way for him. he he actually when he writes his books you know he writes his books on paper with a fountain pen wow and then he gives it to Phil Johnson. <laughs> and then Phil Johnson's like takes his yeah. writ, written stuff and types it out. Wow, crazy, huh? Yeah. Would you, how would you like you to write tr- a book? Think you could write a book with a with a pen?
1: With a with a pen? Yeah. <sighs> Goodness, um, it'd take a while. No
0: one would ever read what mine was. They would have no idea what I said. You
1: wouldn't be able to get anyone to. No, know. They, you'd, you'd have to end up transcribing it yourself mm-hmm. anyway because yep. no one could read your handwriting. I, I tell people I I write my sermon outlines. By, by hand mm-hmm. like with a pen not a fountain pen because it bleeds it bleeds through the paper i use i have a uh i have a particular notebook i use and i have a particular pen i use and yeah i i write my stuff by hand mm-hmm. um it just it just helps me i, yeah. I like i like why mcart what MacArthur says about why he uses a fountain pen it, yeah. it slows him down yeah um because you run out of ink you gotta change it and i mean it right. gives you time to kind of process right um I I've, I've seen that in in just my own handwriting. It it causes me to go slower. It also helps me know when I'm done and you can
0: retain things better. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. I don't write mine out by hand. Yeah. Um I also my, have
1: I just have a paranoia of of bringing up like an iPad. Yeah. I'm just so afraid that I'm going to get up there and press the on button and mm-hmm. it's just not going to be there. Yeah. So it's probably more my uh I don't know, sinful anxiety <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. and anything else <clears throat> I remember when I was first uh, learning to preach and uh, when I was in seminary I took every preaching class I could at seminary but then at the at the very beginning I was so nervous about it I would go through like this thing word for word and like I and I even practiced it like one time I think before the first time I'd preach in front of class in front of my professor right yeah and I was like hey dr Aubrey uh, do you like practice your sermons and he was like he looked at me he was like no way he's like i'm not an actor right <laughs> i was like thanks for crushing my soul i just pra- <laughs> i just practiced that sermon like 10 times so ever since then i, I haven't practiced my sermons i'll i'll uh, i'll type everything out get everything ready read through it then i'll go up in there without ever having practiced it because i, I think <clears throat> it is uh, you got to you're you're trusting in that god is going to use you the Holy Spirit is going to bring to mind even things that maybe you didn't even write down. Uh, so oh yeah, you don't Some want are... to be you don't want to be tied yeah. to your notes, mm-hmm. right? You've got I've got them there. They're kind of like the guardrails to keep me from from going off into who knows where. Yeah, uh, but I want to use them as uh, as little as I can.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've I've been up there preaching and been looking at the text, and something has popped into my mind that I haven't. I didn't think about in my preparation.
0: So let's talk about it, uh, with the time we've got left. Maybe you are curious. Um, talk, talk to us about how you prepare to preach and then the process of getting up, getting ready to get to preach and preaching.
1: And then uh, I'll do the same. Um, well, it's, um, I mean, we, we do things a little bit different here. We go back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're preaching different books at, at different times. um, Usually my sermon prep for the next sermon usually starts on Sunday night mm-hmm. because um depending on how long the passage is I usually try to write the passage out by hand. Yeah. Um it helps me to have a sheet of paper that I've I've actually written it out given some space between it so that I can make notes and mm-hmm. start cross referencing and uh then I'll go to uh if I'm doing the New Testament, I do Greek. I'll I'll go to my Greek New Testament and try to uh, try to read it, mm-hmm. see if anything pops out. If it's in the Old Testament, I usually skip the uh, the Hebrew <laughs> the Hebrew part because uh, that would take me forever. Yeah. because I'm just not good at Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll I'll do all my interpretation cross references. I'll try to do like a a real bare bones outline and i try to get that done by monday no later than tuesday Mm -hmm. Um, and it's only after i've already made my my first outline which is not set in stone it usually changes Mm -hmm. as i'm going through i'll I'll reword it or something Uh, that's when i'll go and and look at commentaries and uh (sighs) Just depending on time depends on how many commentaries I get to. Right. Um, I I've got a stack of commentaries. I usually don't use all of them. Yeah. Um, they change throughout the week, and if I don't, if I have less time, I spend more time on my own looking at the text mm-hmm. than I do someone else having looked at the text. Right. Uh, and then by Wednesday night, I try to have like this is this is my these are my points so thursday is usually my sermon writing day mm-hmm. and i'll usually spend all day writing mhm um sometimes that carries over into to friday sometimes mm-hmm. not um sometimes the sometimes it comes really easily sometimes it's it's just so clear to me sometimes it's tough right it's wrestling with the text yeah
0: Sometimes you have an outline, and you have, you know what this stuff means, like you, you got it <laughs> right, all right. But, but you
1: don't know how to communicate it. Yeah, you don't have you a don't, sermon. Yeah, you don't know exactly. Yet. I know if I were to sit down with someone, and we just open the Bible, I could tell them what it means. Like, we could have a discussion about this text. But how do I present this in a way that's helpful for the people? Um, that's not always super easy. I've got to I'll walk around the church. Sometimes I'll go up go into the the auditorium and stand at the pulpit with my Bible open and read it and just look out at the, the empty pews and just try to, to think how can I communicate this to the people? And I'll pray asking God to, you know, the, the spirit illuminates, mm-hmm. right? He, that's, that's one of his, his works in, in believers lives is to illuminate the word of God. Mm-hmm. And how it applies. Right. And, um, so you just I spend more time thinking through the passage than I actually do writing. Mm-hmm. Um because once I start writing, I I want to know like where am I going with this. Mm-hmm. So I, because I'm I'm writing by hand, right. <laughs> every time I mess right. up, that's a white out. And yeah. <laughs> so I try to I try to have it really solidified. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'll write if I if I write eleven pages, that's maybe on the too long side. Okay. So I try to keep it nine to ten pages um, of handwritten, and I don't write a manuscript. It's a pretty detailed outline. Right. Um. I would love to get my goal is to get less and less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I was as brilliant as Spurgeon, I could just do extemporaneous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could just come into the. That's that's kind of what Dave does. He has just a uh, he has a skeleton, just kind of a skeleton outline, right? The main points. I yeah. Think um, I would love to be able to get there. Yeah. That's that's kind of my my personal goal. But, I think it comes down to just more personality. Yeah. Um, and and just how know and God, how just, God's wired. Yeah. You. And just knowing the text. Like, so I mean, if, you got
0: to know if Dave tries to do what you do, it it's not good. It, yeah. That's what we discovered at the beginning when he first started, and we're like, hey, right, this isn't you. You know, just Bring a skeleton and see mm-hmm. what happens.
1: And yeah, it, and then it was like he's more, it's, he's it's more like quick. A he's more quick on his feet. Yeah, with um, pithy ways of saying things. Mm-hmm. I've got to write it down so I I word it exactly right, mm-hmm. or I'll get to it and I'll know kind of uh, this is kind of what I want to say, but it would just come out as as a mess. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, Friday I usually take off. I usually try to take that day off from sermon writing, if I can, and then come back to it Saturday Mm -hmm. and look through it again, because you'll have, as you're reading the text more, you'll have more insight, so I'll add things. Sometimes I'll add a bunch, I've got to mark stuff out and my notes, only I would be able to read my notes sometimes Mm -hmm. and know (laughs) where my thought process was. Um, And then Sunday morning, get up and read the text again, kind of look through the outline again and, and pray and just rest in the spirit. I mean, you know the text. You got to know the text. Like the, the, um, the, the outline is not the sermon. Mm-hmm. The sermon is the sermon. Mm-hmm. And even if I forgot my notes at home, I should be able to preach a half-decent sermon because I know the text. And I prayed about it, and I'm resting in the Spirit. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. You're praying as you go up mm-hmm. <laughs> to the pulpit on Sunday morning, just asking the Spirit to, to help you. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the work is the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, we could spend weeks on one passage and write what we think is a killer outline and get up. And if the Spirit's not in it, like, that. You can't manufacture the results. hmm Right. Well, some think you can, don't they? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. I mean it's you can you can manufacture kind of an outward response to a sermon, but the inner like the the long lasting impact of of the scriptures, that uh, now that's not to say you can be lazy. Mm-hmm and spend, you know, 30 minutes on a Monday, right, and get up on Sunday and and preach a God-honoring sermon. Right. Um but the, uh, the 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 real change, the real lasting, you know, the obedience of the people to actually hear and obey, um that comes from the spirit. Right. The the pastor can't The pastor's powerless in that yeah, regard. Yeah. Yeah. Um how about you? I know I know well, you're you're a little bit
0: different than me. Yeah, yeah. Um before I do, I'll ask you this question. It's just a fun question. If you were gonna preach in front of John MacArthur's church on a Sunday
1: morning, how long do you think you would spend <laughs> in sermon prayer? <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, there there is such a thing as too much yeah. preparation. Yeah, yeah. And I've been guilty of that before also. Uh huh. But you'd be you you would do a lot of sermon prep, right? A lot because um, you're like, oh man, I'm preaching yeah. in front
0: of John MacArthur. Oh yeah, I would clear my calendar, right? <laughs> so check this out. All right, you're gonna love this. Yeah, you know Derek Thomas. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Kind of his thing is, um, um Christology. Okay, that's his thing. Mm-hmm. So he came and lectured us on Christology and preaching Christ and. Um, in particular, the humanity of Christ, because his thing is kind of like the church has forgotten about that, right? We need to to recapture it. So he, we have this incredible lecture series he does on it, and uh, he, Derek Thomas, kind of he has that he has a strange accent. I don't know if he's like is English or it's somewhere somewhere. They're all different too, like from different parts of England, mm-hmm. so they, they don't sound the same. Right. So I'm not, I'm not <laughs> right. even sure where his. Maybe he's Welsh. Maybe that that sounds right, but yeah. i I don't know so what we would do on Mondays is whoever preached Sunday would come to class we'd talk about their sermon and how they prepared so he preaches this like phenomenal sermon mm-hmm. and it's like amazing You're like oh this is this is so so awesome and uh, he comes in on <laughs> Monday <laughs> and uh, like other people have handed out their notes right and yeah we're like so uh, what kind of notes did you take up into the pulpit with you? And he, he's like, I kid you not. He's like, uh, he's like this uh, was in the hotel by the lamp. <laughs> it's, it's a notepad by the lamp. And uh, I, scr- I scratched out an outline on it last night. We're like, what? What? You scratched out an outline last night as you sat in the hotel by your lamp. He's like, "Well, you guys have to remember I've been I've been preaching for 40 years." Yeah. Like I have a I've got like a well to draw from. Right. So, uh, and I I think I've noticed that too as older I get. It gets easier. It does. It's not yeah, it, it it gets easier because there's a whole bunch of stuff even if I can't like off the top of my head like pull everything out as right. I start to do research. It starts to. It's there.
1: It's there for me to extract. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, when we ask the other, the other three elders who have other employment outside the church, yeah. to preach, we give them a long time, mm-hmm. months mm-hmm. in advance, because it takes them a, a long time. But for us, um, you know, if 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 you are preaching, so you're preaching Sunday. If you if you called me Saturday and said. I just came down with the worst stomach bug there's no way i can preach Mm -hmm. you can call me and i can at least put together something you know semi-decent right it's presentable yeah you know it's not it's not going to be heretical Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's not going to be filled with you know uh stammering right yeah because i because we we've done it so often you know week week after week that there is a flow to it, mm. and we we can we can draw from from other things. Yeah. So there is there is something about it. I, I'm reluctant to call it profession, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm talking about. Like there is a it's a if, pro, it's an acquired it's, skill. It's a, yeah, you 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 you're skilled. You're a skilled worker. Right. Right. If someone is a mechanic and they've been a mechanic for. You know, twenty years. Right. You expect they're probably pretty decent. Yeah. At working on cars, I <clears throat> pass. Uh, you know, a preacher who's been preaching for as long as you and I have. Yeah. Um, we should be okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, at doing it on short notice. Yeah, I remember. Uh,
0: back in uh, in Kansas City when I was first learning to preach, Doctor Aubrey saying, "This is overwhelming." But there's coming a day i promise where you will not even think about this stuff it'll just happen like uh and i remember back then i'd have everything written down like uh explain the text illustrate the text, yeah. <laughs> apply the text like it's all in my notes right <laughs> yeah and uh and so now you, you kind of just can do it without thinking about right. it um, but okay so here's what i do so let's take just this week i'm back in ephesians uh, the armor of God, the famous armor of God passage mm-hmm. in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter six. Usually, I would start Monday uh, researching, but yesterday I had a lot of meetings, like back to back, pretty much all day. Yeah. So
1: uh, I'm behind. And that's providence, right? Yeah. Like you, you in your your prep time, you are trusting in God's providence. Also, we, we have to have a we have right. to be mindful of providence. There are some weeks. That are more that are busier than others. Yeah, there are some weeks when you've got a free a free week. Like yeah. there's nothing. I've got nothing on the schedule. Yep. Um, there's other weeks when you've got meetings. There's crises that that occur. Mm-hmm. Um. There may be a you know I've I've had unexpected funerals before. Yep. Um. Th- things that just, they just by God's to. providence they just pop up and you've just got to trust that this is not unexpected. Right. Yep. Um. Do do the work as best as you can mm-hmm. um, by the power of the Spirit, and, right. and again trust God for the results. Yeah.
0: So um, after this is over, I'll start. You know, open the Bible up, read through the passage several times. And already, even this morning before I'm driving here, I'm thinking because <clears throat> if you're in like an epistle, narrative is a little more challenging, but an epistle, you can look for those keywords. are right. Usually, verbs mm-hmm. like verbal phrases, mm-hmm. uh, imperatives. Um, and so already in my mind, I'm thinking through, okay, what's the general exhortation? It's to stand firm, right? Yeah. In this section. And then there appears to be several verbs that are linked to this armor that that support it. So like fasten, put on, Mm -hmm. and they're all feeding this main idea. Right. So I'm already thinking in my mind, okay, when I get in, I'm going to take the passage and I'll, I'll get it extrapolated out. And I use a computer and I'll start to examine each of these verbs. And I'll look them up what do they mean um how else are they does Paul use them I start there how does Paul use this word uh because he's the author and then I'll go from there like how is the word how how is this used elsewhere in the New Testament and then I'll then I'll start to gain an understanding of like what he's asking uh, and then I want more information right I have and that'll kind of probably give me an outline mm mm-hmm. mmm probably. So I'm already thinking in my mind, he's tell, He's told them to stand firm. Okay, then he's telling them to put on this armor, and then he tells them to pray. Those appear to be the three main things he's getting at. Okay. I got to do more research to see if, right. if that'll fit good with an outline. I think it will. That, yeah. That'll probably be the outline. Okay. Right? Who knows? We'll see. Um, and then I want to investigate, uh, this armor because I think, uh, he's he's uh drawing from the Old Testament okay and so of course I'll use commentaries to help me for that with that because there are people who have already done all this research right so I don't have to go read through the entire Bible just go to docent like I think maybe Calvin just just
1: docent to do your research for you
0: so I've got good tools that you know I bought I'm sure you do too like I'll have um the New Testament's use of the old yeah um and that's a great resource right. Because the New Testament authors are drawing on the Old Testament, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, look at all of those things, and then you know I'll solidify that outline. I try to have my outline done by uh, Wednesday. I want it. I want the outline done. What is my proposition statement? Like you know today, what's the goal? What am I going at today? Um, I want to challenge you, like Paul did, to um, to take three actions necessary to be able to stand in this warfare that we're fighting because mm-hmm. it's about warfare. Right? right. That's, it's probably not going to be what it is, but it might be close. Yeah. That's all done by Wednesday. There's my three, the three points, which should be taken from, from the text. These are what he's getting at. Yeah. So now I got to phrase it in a way that everybody understands. Right. That is where you really should be unoriginal. Like you might be a, try to be original in your phrasing, but if you were to read back through church history, yeah. you should be able to find other preachers who have the, the same stuff. points. Right. Right. Because you don't want to be original. Right. Where you should be original <clears throat> is in crafting the sermon presentation, mm-hmm. introduction. You introduce it a certain way, and the way you introduce it should appeal uh, the whole time a preacher should be thinking about the people that are there. <clears throat> How can I introduce this in a way that <clears throat> that the people that are God's put here for me, that they're going to be like, oh, I've got to listen now. <laughs> like, I got to know what he's going to say. Like, w- what does this text mean? And so that's how, you know, you should... So all that I will start on Thursday. I'll start to think, okay, I'm crafting now, because I know what I'm going to say. I don't know exactly how I'm going to say it. I know the meaning. How will I craft this introduction? And then I'll just move through each point, uh, developing um, the best way to say what it means, because that's what you're looking for, right? What's the best way to say what this means um, in a way that's not a lecture? That's not You're not going to get up there and be a robot, and you don't want to do that. Um, you want it to be clear. <clears throat> you should want it to, be, uh, to have uh, deep th- theological meaning, but it should be so clear that the children can understand it. Right. Right, where they're sitting there and they're drawn into it. Mm. They don't. They're not even able to check out. The goal is they couldn't check out if they wanted to, right? So to do that, you need good illustrations. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you illustrate the main points. You can illustrate the um, application. I'll I'll be about halfway done with the sermon on Thursday, usually, and I'll finish it on
1: Friday. <clears throat> See, when I start writing, I gotta I gotta finish. Mm-hmm. I hate being interrupted.
0: I can stop it by section. Okay. So I may stop after point one, or okay. I may stop after point yeah, two. Yeah, it's got to be stop. by
1: section if I stop, but I usually like to, once I start, I usually like to go until the end.
0: Yeah. I, I like to get it, finishing it as close as I can to Sunday, because just kind of how I am, I'll tinker with it all week long. Like, if I finish the sermon on Wednesday, mm-hmm. I would just tinker at it yeah. forever, and so I'll, I'll just try to finish it as close to Sunday as possible. So Friday I'll finish, um, but I'll have too much stuff usually. Saturday Mm -hmm. night after the family goes to bed, I'll go back through and I'll kind of take stuff out. Mm. I may, uh, you know, I'm praying like, hey, there's probably a better way to communicate this. So I'm asking God to help me with that. And so I may change something or add an illustration on Saturday night. Yeah. And that's <clears> when I, I usually write the the very final part of my conclusion Saturday night. Okay, um, and I'm what I'm going what I'm trying to to get is I, I want it to 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 really st- to begin to stir stir me even on Saturday night. Like I feel like I've got to say this. Mm. I don't feel like I'm ready to preach until I get there, Okay. and sometimes I'm not there. I'm like, oh, I've got all this stuff, but like, I don't really have a sermon. I don't feel like I have to say, like, I, I need to mm-hmm. se- tell this to somebody. And so, um, som- that's sometimes I'm just praying, like, I gotta ha- you gotta, you've got you've God, you've got to get me there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning, I'll get up early, usually sometimes as early as five thirty, and I'll kind of just be. I'll go back through it and I'll just kind of be meditating and stewing on it all morning long, um, and then then I'm ready to go. Yeah. Then I then I take some some smelling salt. Yeah. And then, and then I and then, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. You know, like a weightlifter, crack it. Yeah. Uh, just run down the aisle. Some guys need that. Yeah. Um, if I've done everything that I need to prepare, I don't need it. I'm already there. Yeah. And then I come in ready to go. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I that's mean, kind that, of the way.
1: and the ultimate purpose is not so that people will remember the sermon it's so that they'll understand the passage better. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I don't expect my family <laughs> to know my points, mm-hmm. you know, by Sunday night, but they I want them yeah. to but I want them to understand the passage better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's that really is the best comp- compliment that you can you can give to uh, uh me at least. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. This helps me to understand the passage, right? Like I hadn't before. Like that's yeah. that's the goal. Um, because twenty years from now, you're not going to remember any of my sermons. Nope, I don't even. <laughs> but know. I want you to be able to go to the passage and be like, I know what this means.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't even remember my own sermons from no. a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't. No. Seriously, you said you have all of yours in a little file cabinet. I've got them all saved. Yeah. yeah. Mine are saved in Google Drive. Until Google Drive deletes them all, then I don't know, because they'll be like, this is extremist content. Yeah. Delete. I don't know what I'll do then. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll I'll rewrite everything. Start from scratch. Just start
1: start preaching John from chapter one, I guess. Yeah.
0: Start over. (laughs) Yeah. Just print those out. Yeah. You know what's interesting about- Put them in a file. I'll say this about plagiarism. Um, and then we'll probably shut it down. So I've got have got a, a bunch of commentaries on John. Mm-hmm. I, I've got those I'll, I'll uh, look at for like technical grammatical stuff. They're yeah. very very helpful to me. Then I've got others that are not right. And uh, I get a lot of illustrations. So oh, this this sidebar illustrations I think are open they're not it's, you can't plagiarize an illustration unless you present it as your yeah, own. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think I've I think I've mentioned this before on here that when we were at OBU we had Wednesday and Friday chapel. Right. And the pastor the the preacher on Wednesday gave an illustration as his own. Friday a different preacher presented the exact same illustration as, as if, his own. As if it was him. Yeah. Right. That
0: that is not okay. <laughs> like, if I if I find that you have an awesome illustration, uh, like, oh, D.L. Moody did this, I'm not going to probably say, hey, I got this illustration from George. I'm just going to present the illustration. Um, it just... It kind of interrupts kinda the depend. flow It kind of kinda depends. It kind of yeah. depends. What or histor- historical facts. Oh, uh, um, yeah. I'm not going to be quoting everywhere I got those historical facts from. They're just illustrations.
1: Yeah, that... <sighs> So, I'm not. I'm not going to, to cite every commentary that I opened, mm-hmm. you know, cracked open. If I quote directly from them, then I will. Yeah. But if it's an idea that I already had, that it's just solidifying, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to cite that. I'm a th- now. I'm a- if someone comes up and says, "Hey, what what commentaries did you use?" Like. You can go to my all office. Right. They're stacked there. You mm-hmm. can you can find them very easily, and I probably can tell you where where I you know what I used each one for. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you, again, it's not a lecture. I may say something like I heard once at D.L. Moody. Yeah. Um. Uh,
0: right. Or I heard this story because whatever. Yeah. I, but the best illustrations aren't even those. The best illustrations are just those taken from the common world. Yeah. So always like all week long, or That's from par, part of sermon prep all week right. long, I'm like thinking about all of this and if I see something in the world that I'm like, make a note of it. Yeah. If I don't make a note, I'll forget. Because those are the ones that connect best oh, yeah. best, best with people. Or,
1: or from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Like if you're preaching a New Testament epistle yeah. and there's an Old Testament illustration that illustrates this point. Yeah. Use that because oh, yeah. you're staying staying as close to the text as possible. Yeah. Like I hate when pastors um, they they have the Bible on their podium and they start walking around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I want to be a visual reminder that I'm in the text. Right. Um, I I want there to I want everything to be. This is Bible centered. Right. Um, yeah. Even even the way that I'm standing, mm-hmm. I want you to see that I'm looking at my Bible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's
1: right. Um, because that's ultimately that's what matters. Right. Is right. the text of Scripture. Right. Not, you know, how dynamic George is mm-hmm. or all these illustrations. Like, I just
0: want you to know the Bible. Yeah. What was I saying before I talk about the illustrations thief, being an illustration thief?
1: Uh, you don't uh, cite all your free, free-for-all. free What? You're just stealing illustrations. Oh, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. From I'll take illustrations one. from Well, you're anywhere. talking about you're using illustrations from just Common, just from life.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's I think the best. But even before that, I, I was on a, some other trail. I don't even remember where we were going. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, <laughs> yeah, the sermon should be just that. It should be your sermon, right? The um, and that's the only way. Like, it actually is going to impact the people,
1: right? Because you're living among among your people. You know them. Um, They know you, right? Like you're, you're not, um, you're not a robot. Mm -hmm. Um, You have a personality. Your personality should come out. Um, You know, you and I are not going to preach the same way because our personalities are different, and the people should see that, and that should resonate with them because they know, they know Jay Jones, Mm -hmm. they know George Mays, right? They know Philip and Dave and Parker. They, Uh They know us. And so they know that we're sincere. When we're when we're when we're presenting this to you, we're not just going through the motions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know you guys. I want you to be strengthened by God's word. Yeah. And um they should be able to know us and know that we're not putting on a show. Yeah. I remember what I was gonna say now. Okay. All right. So I have all these
0: commentaries on John. Yeah. Some of them technical, some of them are not, where I you know, they're like I can get good illustrations from. They're just kind of practical. Um, but what I've discovered in all this huge collection of John commentaries that I have is I've got one that they appear to all have drawn from. Yeah. You know who it is? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's John Calvin. Yeah. So the John Calvin's sermons were apparently transcribed by Mm -hmm. someone that was there. Yeah. And that those end up becoming his commentaries. Yeah. And so I can usually go to Calvin and read, um, and then I'll go to another commentary, and they'll say pretty much the exact same thing. And you can kind of follow this trail through history. It's very interesting to me because he didn't have any commentaries. (laughs) Right. He just has... He's like a genius. It's hard for us to grasp how much of a genius he is. No commentaries to consult. There's no one else preaching before you like that. Preaching was pretty much dead for, I don't know, a thousand years. Yeah. Um, he's reading Greek, probably self-taught, and he's extracting this truth from the Greek text. Amazing, amazing. So I mean, just just God's work through him by the Holy Spirit, and so you said we literally stand mm-hmm. on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. So, amazing. Yeah. Well, I think that's about all we got time for. Okay. Shut down for us. All right.
1: Hopefully this has been beneficial for you, even if uh, you're not a preacher yourself. Hopefully this has been beneficial as you understand kind of the process that goes into uh, to putting a sermon together and, and presenting it to the people. Hopefully this will give you a better appreciation as you sit in the pew of your own local church and listen to your own local pastor. All right. Well, uh, as always, we want this to be an encouragement to you um, as we are doing everything from a biblical worldview and we're wanting you to become more and more conformed to Christ. We will see you next time.